This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. The amount of effort and intensity, the teamwork in uh, both legs was fantastic and really incredible and outstanding. Is uh, We missed uh, four key players today, four or five key players, four of them always ready to start with Andreas, Thiago, Mason and uh, Jorginho. Everybody else stepped up with huge support from the bench, huge support from the stands, the guys who were, were injured and not here. And this is what I feel. Guys, totally reliable. The effort and intensity is, is incredible. It's hard, hard teamwork. And I'm very, very happy because uh, we have moments where we are excellent with the ball, but we never, never lose intensity against the ball. We play very brave and very courage in defending and uh, adapt to any system that the opponents play today. So over two legs is a, is a deserved win, which is a big win because it's the quarterfinal. And uh, yeah, I'm super happy for, 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 for my players. On the Ball kicks off now on BFM 89.9. Thomas Tuchel speaking after Chelsea booked themselves a quarter-final spot in the Champions League. Welcome to On The Ball Friday evening with me, Ross. Let me bring on the guys immediately. Bob Holmes is here as usual. Hello, Bob. Hi, everybody. Hi. In fact, it's the same trio. Why change a winning side? Do you know what I mean? Craig Mariah is also here. Hello, Craig. Hello, hello. Good to be back, Ross. And Des Colkill with a request for a Malaysian football chat this evening. It will happen for you, Des. Absolutely, quite right too. But what are we going to do for the next three weeks? What are we going to do? <laughs> well, there's a lot of international football to <laughs> no, cricket. Cricket's on actually. <laughs> tweet, tweet us all individually. Find us or tweet at BFM Radio. Follow us on social media: BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. And check out, uh, if you like La Liga, Bundesliga, Serie A, do check out our video, TFIF on video via YouTube. Right then, midweek Champions League. Thomas Tuchel, we heard at the start, uh, Chelsea eased themselves into the Champions League quarterfinals. First time in seven years, Craig Marias. And we heard him speak at the start. You can imagine he manages that way as well. Kind of like dry... Do you know what I mean? Methodical. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's very, very different to, to say, Jurgen Klopp, isn't he? Um, <laughs> you know, when, when you listen to him. But, um, you know, you just get the feeling that he knows what he's doing. Now, uh, when, when Tuchel came over, I wasn't sure about this appointment um, in the sense that, yes, I know he's, you know, he did wonders at Dortmund, um, you know, went over to PSG as well. Um, but, for me, he just didn't quite fulfil it at PSG. I thought he was very close to last season, uh, which is why I thought, you know, he'd have a state of execution, um, uh, so to speak, um, and, you know, really build on, on that Champions League final. Um, but, but that didn't happen. You know, they didn't, didn't really uh, manage to do really well at the start of this, this season. Um, and I did question him. You know, I did question whether he'd be good enough. I still have my doubts in the sense that for the long term, if he's the right man, um, I think in the short term to clean up, um, I don't want to say mess as well, because uh, I don't want Frank Lampard to, to have been given until uh, the end of the season, because I still think, um, you know, he could have possibly done uh, what Tuchel's done. Um, but he, he was brought in to, to get them up the table and, and do exactly what he did um, the other night, which is get them through to, to the latter stages of the Champions League. Um, and he's going about his job. He's doing it well. It's not pretty. I have to say, it's not pretty. But what he's doing is he's got a solid defensive base. Uh, they're keeping clean sheets. They're, they're very difficult to break down. Um, and, you know, and they grab the odd goal or two on the, on, on the break. Yeah. Um, so, so you've just got to give it credit where it's due. Um, yeah. Would Chelsea fans be happy um, with the way they're playing? Um, I think right now it's, it's about the results over the, their style of play which I don't think they're going to mind too much. Um, but uh, I still think, you know, Chelsea have a few years to go uh, before we see, you know, the full potential of this Chelsea squad. Efficient rather than entertaining. And they are 13 unbeaten under Thomas Tuchel. Quick word about Atletico Madrid, that's Corkill. Disappointing from the La Liga leaders. In the end, it was, it was relatively comfortable for Chelsea, 3-0 on aggregate. Um, yes, it was. They got a, a decision or two going their way. There was uh, a hint of a penalty when Aspilicuta, uh pulled back um, 
was it how Joe Felix in the in the in the first half? Uh, a goal to a goal to Atletico uh, first, and it changes everything. Instead, Chelsea they are methodical, they are boring, they're very Teutonic. No, they're not boring actually. They're they're, they're efficient and methodical. The players um, are too good to be boring, even if the system I, I, tries to stifle them. Absolutely, and he seems to be uh, trusting his players more and more. Timo Werner looks a good player, even though his his recent goal return isn't great. He's still um, been involved in something. I've got seventeen goals or something this season for Chelsea as as either goals or assists, and he he got the all important assist for Zayac to to give them the lead. Uh, as for Atletico Madrid, if it wasn't for Luis Suarez, I I would um, I I would despise them. Because they, they <laughs> kick and they scramble and they scratch and they, they unplay the game. I'm sorry, it is Luis Suarez. Yeah, exactly. I know, I know. But, but Suarez for a while was our nasty man. And so there's, there's a certain affinity to him there. So, so I, I suppose they deserve each other, but they're horrible. They could be so much better. And when you see Savage getting a harshly sent off for the elbow, you cheer. That's how bad they are. You want bad things to happen to that club. And I'd love them to implode at the end, even if it means Real Madrid or Barcelona winning the title. That's how much I despise the anti-football of Atletico Madrid, Suarez aside. Totally the right man to, to preview or review an Atletico game, isn't he? <laughs> All right, Chelsea move on into the quarterfinals. They could well face Man City, who must be, Bob Holmes, one of the favourites. I know the quadruple has been spoken about, certainly by Zuchenko, and Pep Guardiola quickly beat him down, saying it's, it's a utopia if that happens. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, who's going to beat them? I think only <laughs> Bayern Munich are, the, um, are in their class right now. Uh, but they've got other... Uh, competitions to win first. But I thought it was significant this week when Pep said, this is straight after slapping Zinchenko down for talking about the quad. He said, well, first of all, we've got four games to win the league and then we can worry about the cup competitions. Well, (laughs) I think that is saying, basically admitting that he is thinking about the quad. And so he should because he's won the sextuple with Barcelona, don't forget, in his very first season. So he's no stranger to winning multiple trophies in a year. And the fact that he did it in his rookie season was quite incredible. I mean, a different set of uh, tournaments, obviously. Um, But they won the League, the Cup, the Spanish Super Cup, the uh, UEFA Super Cup, uh, the Champions League and the World Club Championship. Not a bad haul in your first year as a manager. Of course, he had the, the great side, the great Barcelona side, Messi and Iniesta and Xavi, etc. But he knows how to do it. Yeah. And that was two more than what he's after now. I mean, you could argue whether four, this quad is probably on a par with that six, because I think it's a bit harder to win the FA Cup and even the League Cup than, say, uh, a one-off game like the Spanish Super Cup. But uh, the main one is, is, of course, the Champions League. And they did uh, coast against Gladbach, but Gladbach won much. Phil Foden, I mean, Phil Foden was great, Bob. And, and again, a Kevin De Bruyne rocket, right? Yeah, well, the Foden, I think the, uh, yeah, De Bruyne rocket on his wrong foot. On his wrong was, foot. That was something to behold, wasn't it? <laughs> um, but the other goal, I thought Gundogan's goal, yeah. was the absolute perfect pep goal. I mean, the way it started, and Foden was just incredible. I think we saw his greatness there. That was really sensational. The way it's worth having a look, even though he only got an assist, it's worth a look on YouTube. I tell you, it is that good. And then the finish by Gundogan, who's got 15 goals this season, you know, <laughs> crazy. I mean, that's he's replaced Aguero, hasn't he? <laughs> Their main scorer. I mean, so it's all clicking. I mean, apart from that uh, one aberration against United when they were caught cold in the first minute with the penalty, um, it's been smooth sailing for for City. And they've well, we come on to the F- FA Cup game against Everton this this weekend. But um, yeah, it's it's looking good for them. 
Yep. Uh, of course, the Champions League and Europa League draw happening, well, right now, whilst we're on there. And the draw will be posted on our Facebook page. So fret not. We carry on looking at the Europa League where Man United, it's, this was really a Champions League game, Craig Marias. Uh, Man United <laughs> went away to the San Siro, albeit <clears throat> empty, 1 1 0. And uh, yeah, they even had Zlatan, they had Diego Dalo on. Um, it's good, good display. It was a Pogba goal, and uh, only Pogba probably could have scored it from that position. Yeah, it was um, it, it was a performance. You know, um, I think United had a lot to do um, after letting in that last minute goal last week. You know, I thought um, it was a stop goal to concede uh, from a corner kick, and you know, Henderson probably could have done better. Marking could have been better, and um, so uh, it was always a bit of a potential banana skin going to the San Siro and, and, and trying to get a result. Um, United went into it knowing that they had to score. Um, regardless, they, they had to get a goal if they wanted to progress in the competition. And I thought they came out of the blocks really well in the first 10-15 minutes. I thought, you know, there, there was only one team in this um, that looked like they wanted enough. And I thought it was really crucial for United to get that goal early on. They didn't. Uh, Milan came back into the game. Um, and then it was a case of, of you know, um, you know how, how United can react to that. And, and respond and how good they're going to be um, in terms of finishing chances that they create. Um, and, and the answer, um, you know, they, they scored one. Um, it, it was up in the second half, uh, which I thought United managed the half really well after that goal. Yeah. Um, it was inspired substitution. I think Rashford uh, had a bit of a knock and, um, and, and Pogba came on and, and, and made the difference uh, with a great goal. But, you know, Milan still carried that threat. Yeah. You know, especially when they brought uh, Ibrahimovic on. Uh, Dean Henderson had to make a few good saves. Um, but I thought, all in all, United defended very well. Uh, I thought Lindelof was was outstanding. I think he's coming for a lot of criticism this season. Um, and, and, you know, more often than not, rightly so. Um, but I thought he was a tower at the back, uh, along with Maguire. Um, and, and generally, I thought United were comfortable. Uh, they really should have killed the game off. Yep. Um, you know, when, when Milan were pushing forward, you know, United on the break, but chose to sit a bit deeper, uh, too deep for my liking, but got the result in the end and uh, into the half of the next round. Um, and yeah, I think I think United fans would be happy with that professional performance. Yeah. Big shout out to Harry Maguire. <laughs> we, often, we never say Harry Maguire had a good game, but he, five clearances, uh, interceptions. He was the top defender in that game. So well done, H. <laughs> the shock from the Europa League was Tottenham. Going out to Dynamo Zagreb. They were 2-0 up from the first leg. Uh, it was 2-0 to Zagreb after 90 minutes. And then in extra time, the same lad popped up, made it a hat-trick. Mislav Orsic. Jose will probably want to buy him next, Des Corkill. Mislav <laughs> uh, Orsic is somebody I've had the, the pleasure of commentating on several times in AFC Champions League. And it was great to... Uh, see somebody from uh, that that competition go on and uh, get a starring performance. His winning goal was a bit special. Yep. His first goal wasn't bad first either. Straight, first yeah, goal. Really. First a, cur- a curl into the top corner. Second, he runs from the halfway line. Third is a, is a, is a, a poacher's goal. Well, two and three, swapping the other way around. Um, the difference on this, though, was the goalkeeping. So, mm. Loris, I, I'm not blaming Loris, but uh, modern top-class goalkeepers seem to leave a little bit more space than we were traditionally taught. And I think Loris, if he looks back at the first goal conceded, it's not near post, but he, he's in the centre of his goal and something either side of him caused a problem. At the other end, the, um, the Zagreb goalkeeper, wow, he made three yeah. extraordinary saves, yeah. just truly outstanding saves. And so while everybody's going to say... Oh, this is Jose losing to a, a coach from prison. Uh, um, uh, and, and everything's going to be about that. I think sometimes you just got to look at an ast- outstanding individual performance. Well, two outstanding individual performances. Obviously, Merslav Osic, because he gets the, the goals. But uh, Livakovic, Dominic Livakovic, who nobody expects. Except his mother had heard uh, of before today. <laughs> That's slight exaggeration. But you you look at those saves that he made, and there's one from Harry yeah. Kane where he pulls yeah. it out and yeah. it's top. In extra time, and it's three 0 and that's the tie to Tottenham. Um, if if 
if, if that's not made. It, it, you've got to hold your hand up. Yes, inquests about Tottenham shouldn't go to Zagreb with a 2-0 lead and lose it 3-0, but the goals are very, very good. The goalkeeping, just extraordinary, extraordinary. Yeah, well done, Tottenham. Into the quarterfinal draw. Arsenal tried their best to, to match Tottenham, Bob Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> they lost one nil. Is that it, Ross? We're not, we're not going to talk about Mourinho? <laughs> no, no, we, we, we'll talk about Tottenham later. Um, but, we, yeah, <laughs> just, just to wrap up the Europa League going into the break, Bob. Um, Arsenal, one nil at home to Olympiacos. They were lucky. They, they won 3-2 on aggregate. So, if they're into the draw. They should take this one very seriously, right? Uh, the next one, yes. Uh, they didn't look as if they took last night very seriously, exactly. did it? Um, Obamayang was uh, profligate. Um, you know, he's back to his worst um, after his punishment. But uh, no, they they weren't quite at it. But they got it. They got through. They got the job done. And I think that's really all that matters in the end. I mean, uh, they uh, conceded a goal which they didn't expect to do, but it. It was a very minor scare because they had uh, a two-goal cushion to start with and uh, Olympiakos would have had to have scored another uh, couple, wouldn't they, to have, uh, to have won. Uh, so it was pretty unlikely. Um, so, yeah, going along, I mean, uh, I think the, they'll still be basking in the glory of winning the North London derby. And uh, I think they feel as if... This is a tournament they can win. Uh, they, they're outsiders probably for it, but they're not going to get into the top four. And uh, this would be quite a feather in uh, Mikel Arteta's cap and, and the clubs if they could win this. They were beaten by Chelsea in the final a couple of years ago. And uh, I think this is their, they've got their sights on this. And, you know, looking at the, um, the sides in there, uh, they've got a chance. They're in with a with a shout. So uh, yeah, good luck to them. All right, brilliant stuff. Uh, the Europa League, Champions League quarterfinal draws on our Facebook page, BFM Football. First break right now. Coming back with the weekend preview. Has come up with uh, something beyond ordinary. That is a brilliantly elastic save. This is on the ball on BFM eighty nine point nine. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. And we're back with Craig, with Bob and Des looking forward to the FA Cup quarterfinal weekend and a smattering of EPL fixtures as well. Let's clear up all the EPL games. There's a Friday night match at 4 a.m. Saturday morning kickoff. Uh, Fulham in 18th against Leeds United in 12th. Craig Marias, Fulham can smell survival. They will actually yeah. get out. They'll, they'll get out the bottom three for a while if they beat <laughs> Leeds at home. But they haven't been great at home, have they? No, but um, I think you know. You talk about managers of the year, and obviously you look towards the <clears throat> top end of the table uh, most of the time. Um, but let's not forget about seven months ago, or, or seven eight months ago, whatever it was. Um, you know, we saw Fulham in the first two three games, and we wrote them off. You know, um, along with West Brom, who are still kind of uh, down there, they haven't really improved much. Um, but we wrote Fulham off straight there and then, and we said, you know, they, there's no chance they're, they're surviving this league. Um, Scott Parker, um, after Christmas, has, has turned it around. He's done a fantastic job. He's he's made them tough to break down. Um, yeah, they're not going to win every game. Um, it's always going to be a struggle, but he's made them competitive, which they weren't. Um, um, you know, the first few weeks of the season, whether that was the adjustment from the championship to the Premier League, um, you know, who knows? But they, they were definitely leaving themselves uh, way too open. Um, they, they, they've sorted that out now. The defensive side of things, they've sorted out. Um, now it's a matter of can they put the ball in the back of the net? And I think that's something that they're still um, struggling with. Um, you, look, you look at the options that they have up front. You know, you've got their, their top scorer last season in, in Mitrovic. You know, he's hardly featured. He's been in and out of the squad. Uh, for some reason or another, um, Scott Parker doesn't seem to trust him. Um, you've got Josh Madger that's been brought in um, in January uh, from Bordeaux. Um, young player, talented, a lot of potential. Um, I can't remember which game was, scored two goals. Um, he's, he's the kind of player that they're missing, uh, if I'm being honest with you. But 
he's still very young. He's still very raw. Um, he's, he's, I think it's his first time he's played in the Premier League. Um, so, you know, he's lacking that bit of experience. Then you've got your talented players like Lookman, uh, Loftus-Cheek, who really should be chipping in uh, with a lot more goals. Um, so, so that is a big problem for Fulham, um, scoring goals. I think defensively, um, you know, they, they're not going to be keeping clean sheets every week, but they've sorted it. You know, they're, they're tougher to break down, but they're not going to win games if they don't um, if they don't put the ball in the back of the net. So it's a big game for them. Big game if they want any chance of surviving. Um, they've, they've really, Leeds is a fixture where they, they can really get at them. Um, so they'll be, they'll be fancying this for them. Um, I think that, like, like you said, you know, the home record's not great. But um, I think just getting out of that, that relegation zone is a big incentive for them. Patrick Bamford will be out to prove Gareth Southgate wrong. So I've got him in my fantasy league team. Uh, it's a 4 a.m. kickoff. Leeds in 12th. Fulham, uh, Fulham at home in 18th. Um, uh, some more Premier League matches. In fact, there are four. West Ham versus Arsenal looks quite tasty. It's 5th versus 10th. When Arsenal last played, at the London Stadium, Freddie Lundberg was in charge of the Des Corkill. Uh, they, they won three-one, got themselves out of trouble. Um, but yeah, this time round, it's it's David Moyes looking down on on the Arsenal. He's in fifth. If they're serious about top six this this season, David Moyes and West Ham, they should be looking at three points here, right? Uh, yes, they should. Uh, um, obviously, they are serious about top six. Uh, I'm, I'm still look. I look at that league table and I go, "Huh? Am I looking at the, <laughs> I'm looking at the table the right way." Uh, they they played to their resources very well. We've spoken about the organisation David Moyes has has brought into things. Uh, when they lost to Liverpool, if you remember, um, well, about a month ago, I thought they would implode after that. I got that one wrong. I've got West Ham wrong all season. Uh, they they lost to United. Unfortunately, but prior to that, they'd beaten West, uh, they'd beaten uh, Leeds, they'd given Man City a good game, they won a Tottenham, they beat Sheffield United. So their form is very, very good. And they're not scared of taking on the, the big teams. Mm. So maybe, maybe it will carry on for, um, from a, a Liverpool point of view, which, which is where I come from things. I'm hoping Arsenal can uh, pick up the victory because West Ham have uh, got to be catchable. Uh, for Liverpool to to ensure a place in in Europe, as far as I'm concerned. But West Ham, wow, what a great season they've had! They've been um, they they've been solid defensively. They've won the games they should have won. They've picked up points in games perhaps they sh- uh, that we didn't expect them to. And 48 points from 28 games is is a great return. But it, it's incredible. Um, I still think they'll drop. I still think they're overachieving. But they proved me wrong for 28 games. So why not another 10? All right. Well, the Gunners forwards have to be firing in this one. West Ham 5th, Arsenal 10th is Sunday at 11pm. Aston Villa in ninth against Tottenham in 8th is two England strikers going head-to-head, Bob Holmes. Harry Kane against Ollie Watkins. (laughs) Uh, But actually, all, all eyes will be on Jose Mourinho because... He, again, threw his players under the bus after the game, said they, they, they just weren't up for it. And Son is out. He may not even be available. So it's all not going very well for Tottenham. No, it's certainly not. It, it's suddenly turned around again, hasn't it? They, they seem to be picking up after a lull. And it looked as if he might even sneak a trophy uh, after all. Uh, but he's got knocked out of another one the Europa League. And I think much to his uh, surprise, yes, and he really did. He did more than throw them under the bus uh, last night. I mean, he was talking about not just the basics of the game, them getting those wrong. He talked about the basics of life. <laughs> I thought that was a that was a classic Mourinho quote. I mean, he's saying that they just didn't turn up. They didn't show any fight. Um, all the fight, the spirit was from the other side. And I think we ought to mention, ought to clarify the position with the Zagreb coach that he actually, the coach of the, uh, the uh, first leg, has since been put in jail for fraud. <laughs> and it was his replacement who masterminded the defeat of Spurs. So you could say that Zagreb played the get out of jail card. Oh. But, uh, that was for you, Des. <laughs> but uh, getting stuff. back to Mourinho, that's why, will that's why really... we pay Bob the big money, you know. That's why we. Pay Bob. 
they Mourinho will really demand a reaction. Yeah. Uh, given the circumstances of that game and the disarray that the club must have been in after that, after that situation. I mean, he, he defrauded the club itself. That's that's the, the problem. So you can imagine. And they come back from 2-0 down against Spurs and get through. So for Spurs to allow that to happen, Mourinho would have been incandescent. And he will be expecting a reaction here. And this is not an easy game. Aston Villa away. Uh, and he, as you mentioned, Son won't be playing. Uh Harry Kane will be up against uh, his another fellow England centre forward now, Ollie Watkins. It'll be interesting to see uh, how that goes. Um, yeah, I think Spurs are in a bit of a crisis here. They've got to win this. Otherwise, yeah. you can see their season petering out. They've only got the Carabao Cup and that's Man City next month. Um, so you would say they haven't got a lot of hope there. So really, it's it's quite worrying for Jose. All right. Well, Villa are sweating on the fitness of Jack Grealish. Uh, Aston Villa against Tottenham is Monday at 3.15 a.m. Uh, Brighton in 16th against Newcastle in 17th, Craig Marais, is your proverbial six-pointer. Every season, there are six-pointers. This is, this is the, the one, the winner is almost certainly safe and probably away from the, 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 the grasps of Fulham. Um, Who do you fancy? Uh, Brighton, uh, if, you, if you personally ask me. Um, but again, um, you know, even if they, whichever team wins, I don't necessarily think that they're going to be safe. I still think, you know, <laughs> there are a few more wins that are needed uh, to kind of get out and, and be safe. Um, but I mean, this, this is a match where, um, you know, you, you, it's two really, two managers that couldn't be more different. Um, I think if you look at Graham Potter, uh, plays fantastic football, uh, probably doesn't have the, the, the same quality of players that's needed to play that type of football. Um, and, and as a result, doesn't get the results um, that, that his football deserves. Um, and then you've got Steve Bruce, you know, he's been around, you know, for, for what seemed like forever. Um, and, and is battling with all sorts of problems uh, within the Newcastle camp, whether it's at board level, whether it's in the dressing room. Um, it's just a constant battle. And, uh, uh, you know, people always ask, how has he still got a job? How has he still in the Newcastle job? Um, I actually do feel sorry for him. You know, you look at you look at the situation Newcastle find themselves in, and I thought, you know, in terms of signings, I thought they did really well in the transfer market um, um, in the summer. Um, you bring in the likes of Ryan Frazier, uh, you're signing Callum Wilson, Andy Carroll came back. Um, but, you know, you're, you're looking at that and, and you're thinking, OK, if I can get these guys fit and playing, um, you know, then, you know, it's, um, you know, I should be all right. I should be around the mid-table level. He's not, he's not had that. You look at his best players, um, you know, Lascelles at the back. He's been in and out of the side. Um, you look at the keeper situation, Dubravka last season, probably one of the best uh, goalkeepers in terms of, you know, shots saved, um, you know, he's called into action quite a bit, obviously. Um, but, you know, he's fantastic. He, he's been, he was injured for the vast majority of the season. Carl Darlow's had to step in. Um, then you got, yeah, Lascelles, as I mentioned, John Joe Shelby in and out. Um, and then you look further up the field in, you know, uh, St. Maximan had COVID. He was yeah. out for about two, yeah. three months. I mean, he's, he's so important to Newcastle. Uh, Callum Wilson's been in and out of the squad with injury. Frazier wasn't fit because he hadn't played for about six months. He was in and out of the squad. So you're talking about quality players there. If, if he had a injury-free season, you know, he'd definitely be up in that mid-table. So it's a tough one. It's a very tough one because, you know, should you, does he deserve to get the sack um, because of all these injuries? I don't think so. Um, but, you know, going into this, they have to give it everything they've got. I think they've got, you know, two or three really key players that, that are going to be out for this, which does not help him. So that's why I'm, I'm leaning towards Brighton and, and Grand Potter. All right. Uh, Brighton have had the better of Newcastle lately. Three wins, four draws in the last seven. Brighton-Newcastle is Sunday, 4 a.m. That's your league action. FA Cup quarterfinals next. We wondered if he'd make a difference. So he beats him all ends up, doesn't he? Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. 
And once more, footballers of all racial backgrounds take a knee to express a united opinion that black lives matter. On the ball on BFM 89.9. And we're back with Bob Holmes, Craig Marias and Des Corkill previewing the FA Cup quarterfinal weekend for you. As usual, tweet at BFM Radio. Follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. And if you like Serie A, the Bundesliga and... Um, uh, Primera Liga, then check out TFIF on video. It's via YouTube. It's our video channel. Right, FA Cup quarterfinals start Saturday 8.15pm with the South Coast Derby. It's Bournemouth against Southampton. Um, Southampton haven't won a trophy, Des Corkill, for 45 years. 1976, they beat Man United in the FA Cup final. I remember that. I remember because in 77, we beat Liverpool. I mean, Man United beat Liverpool. (laughs) But yeah, South Coast derby. uh, Lucky draw, you can say, for the Saints because they've got the lowest ranked team left in the competition. Although you can probably look at Sheffield United and argue that. But (laughs) who would you fancy? Can the Saints win? Uh, yes, they, they can win, and Southampton supporters still go on very much about that 1976 victory, and that Bobby Stokes shot is still approaching the line now as we speak, as it bobbles <laughs> past Alex Stepney, who is just starting his dive in about two years' time. So uh, that, was, that was how the 1976 Cup was won, and you haven't heard the last about it from Southampton because the FA Cup really means things to teams outside that elite glorified top six. And so it'll mean a lot to Southampton. It'll mean even more to Bournemouth. So the Bournemouth story, that opportunity of a team like Bournemouth getting to Wembley for an FA Cup semi-final stroke final is the world of fantasy land. Don't write them off. Uh, they're a decent side. They're doing well in the championship. They're on the fringes of that playoff. They've got the likes of Dominic Solanke and uh, junior uh, Stanislas who are scoring goals. They're um, offensive-minded. They've had a change of coach. It's no longer no longer uh, Eddie Howe. But they, they, that doesn't seem to have disrupted um, the club. They're, they're competitive. They're organised. And this is Dreamworld. This is what the Cup is about. And this is what football should be about. Uh, not community teams, but the teams who represent a city. Forget your elites. So you're probably going to get a Man City or a, a, one of the big clubs actually winning it. But for Bournemouth to make it to Wembley, if they do that, they'll be talking about it for as long as those Southampton fans talking about that 1976 Cup final win against Manchester United. Bobby yeah. Stokes, 83rd yeah. minute, yeah. still going. All right. All right. Thanks. <laughs> um, Shane Long is is on loan from Southampton to Bournemouth, so he won't be allowed to play. Uh, junior Stanislas is doubtful. Uh, for Southampton, Theo Walcott and Danny Ings uh, won't be back until after the international break. Uh, uh, Minamino is um, cup-tied, so he can't play. So... Hassan Hartel's got his work cut out there. All right, that's the South Coast derby. That kicks off your FA Cup weekend, Saturday at 8.15, that one. Everton versus Man City is pretty big. It's Sunday at half past one. I don't know, Craig Marais. For me, Phil Foden must start. After watching midweek Champions League, he makes everyone else tick. Because he played, De Bruyne played better, Gundogan played better, I mean, he's that important. Yeah, it's been a weird season for Phil Foden. Um, you know, when David Silva left, you know, everyone naturally uh, looked to Phil Foden and said he's going to fill in that void. Um, you know, City aren't going to go out and splash crazy amounts on a midfielder in that position. Um, and, and they didn't, to be fair to them. But for some reason, you know, Phil Foden hasn't really um, had the confidence of, of Pep Guardiola to... Uh, to say, you know, play me, play me, you know, nearly every game. Play me as much as you play KDB, or play me as much as you play uh, Gundogan. Um, for, it, it's been really weird because every time he's played, every time he's come onto that pitch, Phil Foden, he's he's been arguably one of the best players uh, in that City side. He, he's phenomenal. He, he's an absolute talent. Um, but you know, for some reason or another, Pep keeps you know putting the reins on him and pulling him back. Said. Yeah, don't don't go too fast, you know. And um, may, maybe that's Pep's style of, of management. Maybe he's just managing him. Um, you know, you know, think about you know the young kids that burst onto the scene um, that have had suffered from burnout later on in their careers. I don't know, uh, but whatever it is, um, 
it doesn't seem like this season uh, Phil Foden has given uh, Pep Guardiola that confidence to, to play him. However, saying that, you know, I mean, I, I could sit here every week, Ross, and tell you he should start, he should yeah, start, he yeah, should yeah. start. Um, one thing you know about Pep is it doesn't matter how you played the last game. You know, it, um, I, I think with Pep, he's, he's looking into rotations now yeah. and, and making players fresher. I think Champions League is still their priority. Um, the league is, is wrapped up. Um, so, so no danger there. I think um, Phil Foden, uh, will he start against Everton? Yeah, yeah. Go on then. <laughs> I, I'd say yes. But like I said, you know, I'd say that every week uh, for Phil Foden because he's just phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, can Everton stop the quadruple talk, Bob Holmes? Uh, Everton have shown this season that they are capable of poise, performance against the big teams. Uh, Spurs game, Chelsea game, Man United game, you know, they... So they can do it, and, and this would be a big one. Yes, uh, but uh, if you remember last week uh, for the home game with Burnley, yeah. we described that <laughs> as a must-win game for Everton. And you know what happened? <laughs> they lost. Uh, this is a must-win game. In fact, this is the Everton Cup because they're not going to get in the top four, and uh, it would be... I think if, their season, if they get knocked out by City, their season really is in danger of fizzling out <clears> after <throat> such rich promise. And that would be a blow. Uh, I mean, Des reckons they've celebrated winning the title three times already. I don't think they're going to be celebrating winning the title a fourth time. But if they beat City, they might celebrate winning the FA Cup. Well, uh, <laughs> so- the Everton quadruple. I mean, they've got it in them. Uh, I mean, they've they've got quality players, but they just haven't been uh, performing anywhere near as well um, in the last few weeks as they did earlier in the season. And it would it would take something a bit special and City to have an off day, I think, for uh, Everton to win. Maybe their best bet is to try and get a penalty in the first minute um, because City don't seem to be able to handle that too well, do they? They were never the same again in that game against United. Uh, so they can be ruffled, but uh, I mean, any, uh, any uh, betting man would, would have to go with City here. But I mean, it would, it would be interesting. If Everton can get a goal lead, City will have the quad at stake. It won't just be the FA Cup. It'll be the whole lot will hinge on it. And that, it would be very interesting to see how they reacted to that. Yeah. They'd be throwing the kitchen sink and a lot more besides. So this, this could be worth watching. And, and you never know. Because the quad is on, Des Corkill, uh, maybe Pep's already picked an 11 for this. And it's... It could, you know what I mean? It could be literally just fringe players going out to play Everton. He may deem this one least important, but hey, we, we could still win this. Uh, football has a, a remarkable habit of kicking you in the teeth when you, when you take it <laughs> for granted. And if, uh, if Pep Guardiola is daft enough to go to Goodison, even an empty Goodison, and think that Everton are just going to roll over like pussycats, he, he really hasn't been in Britain long enough or England long, long enough. And he has been in England long enough. He knows what's needed. My, whoever he picks, whoever he picks, it's an all-star team, yeah. uh, whoever he picks. Look how well they did without De Bruyne and they're doing without Aguero up top. They're scoring uh, goals for fun. So they've got to take this one mighty seriously. They've got cup finals in all of their cup competitions right the way through. And none will be more difficult than this. Everton, if they get it right, if, they, if they're in the mood, if they score the first goal, whoa, this, this, this is fun. Because I think, as Bob said, Everton's season isn't on the line. They can still qualify for Europe. But boy, are they chasing the trophy. There's a, there's a, a thing at Anfield um, where we're counting the number of uh, years and hours and minutes since uh, Everton last won a trophy. Because uh, the three that they've won this season don't already count. It's a long flipping time. <laughs> it is a long flipping time. They beat Manchester United in the FA Cup. That was the last time they won the trophy. All right out. Header. Terrific. You're good with your FA Cup memories, aren't you? <laughs> Terrific. I'll get him on more. Um, oh, Everton Man City, Sunday, half past one. Will Phil Foden start? Um, catch it. And we will be back with the remaining two quarterfinals right after this break. Lovely football. Speed of that little passage of play. Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. 
two-goal lead, a picture for goal, and that should be job done. Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. Back with Bob, Des and Craig looking forward to Chelsea versus Sheffield United. This one's got walkover written all over it, Bob Holmes. Tuchel's 13-match unbeaten run. Um, I mean, you talk about rotation. He could probably play the tea lady here and, and they'll... He'll beat Hackenbottom's well, bottom side. If he does, uh, he might be in for a shock. No, he won't be that stupid. Uh, these guys know uh, know all about uh, what what goes on. They they know about the how, FA how Cup. important do you reckon an FA the FA Cup would be to Thomas Tuchel? Uh, well, it wouldn't be uh, his top priority. I think he's uh, he's got his eyes on the Champions League. Actually, I think he feels. Um, I mean, they're dark horses, but uh, no one would want to play Chelsea. Um, I, mean, I know we'll find out uh, very soon, but um, you wouldn't, would you, with that defence? And I include Man City and Bayern in that. They can be awkward customers in uh, in Europe, Chelsea, even though they haven't got a very good recent record. But now they've sorted out their defence. Uh, so I don't think it would be number one priority. Uh, I mean, I think getting into the Champions League next season is his number one priority, whether he does that via winning it this year or getting in the top four. Um, I think he's got uh, a, a pretty good chance of getting in the top four, put it like that, um, finishing in the top four, that is. Uh, so this is not the, the biggest thing for them. For Sheffield United... It's a strange situation. I think they've committed uh, Harry Kiri here um, because I would have backed them to get promoted next season, come straight back up if they had kept Chris Wilder. But they haven't. So they've got a temporary guy, Heckingbottom, in charge. He used to manage Barnsley. He's a, he, he knows what he's doing. Is he? He's a young guy. Yeah, the, 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 the yeah, Leeds fans briefly. on Monday really... Spoke lowly of him. <laughs> well, he, did, he didn't get much of a chance, did he, to be fair? Um, no, he's a stopgap manager, and you can't expect a lot. But they were, I think the players will... They're on, they've got a free hit here, haven't they? Yeah. I mean, it really would be something if they could get a trip to Wembley out of this. I mean, they're not going to stay up. But uh, imagine um, going down and getting to Wembley. It's been done before, famously by Middlesbrough. <laughs> <laughs> who actually went down and almost won the FA Cup. Uh, so they, they've got a lot to play for. But uh, no, overwhelming favourites uh, Chelsea will be. And it'll be interesting to see how much rotation Tuchel does. Yeah. I think, I mean, he's got a lot of players there itching to play. Some of those guys we saw in the stands uh, celebrating uh, in midweek. I, mean, I thought when I first saw them, I thought there were three fans who had snuck into the ground somehow and expected the cops to come and haul them out. But it actually turned out to be Tiago Silva, <laughs> who 37 years old. I thought he was some teenager, you know, the way he celebrated. But that was good to see. Good to see that spirit from guys who weren't actually playing. Uh, some of those guys might be playing in this. Um, so, uh, yeah. I think Tuchel's got an opportunity here to give the rest of the squad a chance, but not the tea lady. <laughs> All right. If you fancy a shock, this is your biggest one. Chelsea Sheffield United is Sunday at half past nine. Leicester City versus Man United is the Reds carrying on, maybe. A 23-match unbeaten run, correct, Marius? To, to, I'm not Philbert Streak. I keep wanting King Power Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, you know, I said earlier on the week, um, actually yesterday before uh, before Milan match, I tweeted out um, that, you know, it's a big week for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, big week for Man United. Um, you know, as well as United have done the progress that they've made uh, since Solskjaer has been there, um, they haven't got trophies to back it up, which is ultimately, you know, the most important thing. Um, progress is there to be seen, uh, but trophies need to be there, uh, need to be won as well. Um, they did the first hurdle, <laughs> sorry, uh, which was Milan. Uh, tough to go away and do it. Um, and now it's the second uh, second part of it, which is Leicester. Um, tough match. I mean, you know, however you want to look at it, um, you know, regardless of the fact that they don't, they don't have James Madison, Harvey Barnes, um, it's going to be a tough match. Uh, Ian Nacho's in 
red hot form. Yeah. Um, and uh, Jamie Vardy is always a threat. So uh, it'll be interesting to see um, if Solskjaer rotates. He doesn't really, he's not much of a rotational manager. Uh, I think we've seen that. Bruno plays every game. Maguire plays every game. Um, he'll, have a, he'll have a decision to make in the goalkeeping department, though. Uh, De Gea's back. Um, Henderson has filled in his spot really well. Really well. I mean, you take that Milan goal um, aside, you know, he, he's performed really well for, for, for United. So um, I think Solskjaer will have a decision to make there, not only for this match, but possibly for the remainder of the season. Um, I think Henderson has been uh, that good. Um, but, you know, in terms of rotation, like I said, you know, I think the, the team pretty much picked it themselves. Um, I think Rashford's got a bit of a knock, so he's the doubt. But I think this is arguably, um, yeah, everyone will look at City versus Everton. Um, I think in terms of attacking and, and really going at it, I think this could be the, the more exciting tie uh, rather than the other one. Oh, all right. Um, Ayosi Perez has suddenly become really important uh, to, to Leicester City. And, and they, they're performing really well. They're well-rested after their 5-0 thumping of Sheffield United last weekend. So no excuses for Brendan Rodgers. It's a Monday, 1 a.m. kickoff, Leicester City versus Man United. So very briefly, that's your FA Cup quarterfinal weekend. We have to talk a little bit about the Malaysian Super League. The new season is underway. Four rounds played already. On Wednesday was the high-profile game, JDT against Selangor. It was a 1-1 draw. 350, over 315,000 people logged onto YouTube to watch that game live. Um, I was one of them. I thought Salangor put up a great fight, uh, Des Corkill. But JDT and Tringanu lead the way, unbeaten after four matches. Um, how do you see the season panning out? And, and can anyone challenge JDT? Yeah, I think we saw the teams can challenge JDT. Salango have uh, undergone a bit of a tutor uh, over the um, well, over the over the long break, and they've got a player called Oliver Buff, who I like very, very much. He had an assist for Ifadeo uh, to help Salango take the lead. But JDT missed uh, a glorious chance here to make it four wins out of four because uh, they missed two penalties. Uh, one spooned over the top by um, Cabrera, which is very unusual, and the other one saved uh, from their new striker Bergson. So that, that get, keeps everybody else in the hunt. Trangano are unbeaten as well. KL City are a team who uh, have surprised many people. Have, uh, um, our old friend Stanley Bernard is, is the CEO there and he's managed to put together a squad that could compete. They've got seven points uh, out, out of the 10. Um, they had a, a good 3-0 win against Perak, who was struggling, it's got to be said, uh, financial problems there. Um, but yeah, I, I think it is possible. Salango are good enough to really challenge JDT at the top. Uh, they, they lost 3-1 at Trungano in a terrific first game, uh, second game of the season. But they showed enough, I think, at Johor to suggest that this isn't going to be one-way uh, traffic for the title number eight. Johor, massive favourites. Of course they are, massive favourites. But they've got AFC Champions League um, distractions coming up in, what, June, June, July? And uh, Salango, if they can get some consistency, I think are good enough to challenge. Do you agree, uh, Craig? Yeah, just going on that, um, you know, I thought, you know, I agree with everything you said in terms of the match. I thought uh, one of the points you missed out there was the quality of both goals. Yeah. I mean, we, we, talk, we, we talk about, you know, high quality, the lack of high quality matches in, in Malaysia. And uh, this was two of arguably the best teams in the country. Um, but the goals that they both put together to score, uh, you know, we give... Uh, um, who was it, Gundogan, a lot of credit for his goal in the Champions League. I thought that Ifadeo goal, I mean, the, the one-touch passing between uh, the interaction, the, the through ball by Buff, um, I, I just thought it was top, top level um, as well. You know, you add to that, uh, Bergson's finish last week. Uh, you know, he, you know his goal this week was, it wasn't too bad either. What a strike with his left foot. And I thought he was left-footed. And he goes and takes the penalty with his right and I'm thinking, he scored two goals in the Super League with his left foot. One was, one was from 25 yards with his left foot uh, in, in the first game. Uh, and, you know, over, uh, against Slamo was a bullet. So um, that, that really surprised me. Um, but, but, yeah, I agree with what they said. You know, you talk about two quality uh, teams. Uh, Slamo did show that they could be a threat. Trunganu? What about Trunganu? Yeah, I'll, I'll come on to them in a bit. Um, with... Um, 
sorry, uh, which uh, Slango, uh, what we saw was the players that came on. There's, there's still quite a gap there yeah. between the first team and the players coming on. So they don't have that depth. They're relying on, on the senior players to kind of be fit um, throughout the season, uh, which is possible. But, but you know, um, you know, at, at some stage, you know, the boys are going to be fatigued and, and they put a lot of effort into that. Chunganu, I like. I thought, um, you know, they, they dropped points, didn't they? Yeah. Um, Draw with Malacca. 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 Yeah. 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 Uh, and, um, you know, you talk about distractions. They've got a big distraction this season as well uh, with, with the AFC. So, um, and, and, you know, they, they let go of, of some of their best players, the better players, I, I thought, you know, and uh, they, they go down a different kind of route. Um, so I'm not expecting too much from Trogano, although I think they've got a nice young team. Not expecting a lot from them. I think I think Slango will still still be the main ones. Um, but uh, I've got to give a shout out to Stan and, and KL City. Um, I, I thought they and Boyan and Boyan, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they, can't, can't they, forget they, the Hodak. They've recruited very well. Uh, that's that's one thing I will say. Very well. All right. Um, Bob Holmes would contribute more if Malaysian football was free to air to all and everyone to watch. <laughs> sort that out. Make that happen. Right. It is, that's it's it. on YouTube, mate. It's yeah, on YouTube. I, I, I know, but that, I mean, I had to like open my laptop up. It's a bit troublesome, you know. Why not all just on the channel clicker? Uh, the, the big bucks you pay me are not big enough, actually. <laughs> All right. That's your football for the weekend. I've got to say thanks to Craig Marias. Thank you very much. Thanks to Bob Holmes. Thanks, everybody. And thanks, Des Corkill. No VAR discussion. Uh, I'm lost. <laughs> Mind blown. What's going on? <laughs> Have a great weekend, everybody. Speak to you on Monday. Bye now. Follow BFM Football on Facebook and catch On The Ball on BFM 89.9. It is Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.